Hello, everybody. My name is Daniel Prince, and I am the host of the Once Bitten podcast. This is a podcast focused on Bitcoin. It's my mission to interview as many people as I can around the different aspects of Bitcoin and help people understand exactly what Bitcoin could mean for them and for their families and for their future. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you so much for listening. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Once Bitten podcast. And joining me today is Alex Spetsky. There is no better person to kick off the next century. This will be episode 201, and it was a pleasure to sit down with Alex for the 21ism project. Go and check out 21ism.com. There is a full article there that I wrote about Alex and the article that we discuss in this interview. Alex has done some great work within the Bitcoin space. I'm sure you've heard of him. He's the CEO of Amber. He's the host of the Wake Up podcast. He's the writer of many very good articles and you should definitely be following him and watching him very closely. Thanks, man, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Before we do the episode, a pleb service announcement about the Bitcoin 2022 conference, Miami Beach, 6th to the 9th of April. All tickets are fully refundable if you are unable to travel due to COVID regulations and all tickets are fully transferable. Let me say that again. All tickets are fully transferable. You can buy them now with a 10% discount using the code BITTEN, all caps, or hit the link in the show notes. The prices go up every X amount of weeks. So if you get to the date and you cannot travel, you will be able to sell and transfer that ticket on for more sats or dollars or yen or euros, whatever it is that you have used to buy them in the first place. Think about it, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Also, sponsoring the show, as you know, coincorner.com. Use the code BITTEN when you open an account, you'll get a free 10 pounds. swampbitcoin.com forward slash BITTEN. Use that link, you will get a free $10. Across Europe, you can use relay.ch forward slash bitten that will save you on commission all of these platforms will help you stack sats out of fiat currency into satoshis but then you've got to take control you have to keep these coins on your hardware wallets use shift crypto ch forward slash bitten to get a five percent discount on all of your purchases enjoy this one with alex Okay, Alex, welcome to, uh, welcome to, well, I'm doing this one for 21ism, but I will release it on Once Bitten. It's great to see you again. Absolutely. uh, Great to see you both. I've got to introduce you to Lauren because you've already been on the Once Bitten podcast, but Mm -hmm. you're such an early guest that that is before Lauren showed her interest in the podcasting scene and Bitcoin. I see. So you didn't actually uh, get to meet each other. Um, So Lauren, this is Alex. Uh, Do you have a question? Are you going to do your Aussie accent though? No. I can't oh do no! It. Here we go. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm sure come you on. can. Come on, come on. Let's come let's on. do it. Throw it out there. No. What do, What do you have to say to an Australian person? Good day, mate. <laughs> oh God. Nailed <Yes>. it. <laughs> well done. Well, do you know what? I actually I I ran away from Australia partly because I couldn't stand the accent. But you did good. You at least you got a cute voice. So there you go. You win. <laughs> All right. So what's your, what's your actual question? Okay. So my actual question is when did you start articles and why? When did I start writing articles? 
Hmm. Um, I, I actually started writing really early in my life. So I was, I remember the first thing I wrote was this like whole weird random political thesis when I was like, I don't know, uh, 15 or 16. Like, and I, I'd saw like, and I can't remember exactly what inspired me. My uncle was a little bit inspiring to me and all this sort of stuff, but like he, he had been away, like he was overseas and yeah, I was just a young, dumb teenage kid. And I wrote this whole thing in this book. And I remember showing it to him when he was back and he was like super proud and everything. And anyway, I, I didn't really write again for, for a number of years, but then I started like writing all these like early thoughts. And I was, you know, in my early twenties, I was super into Zen and meditation and all this stuff. So like I did a bunch of writing. It's funny. I go back to it now. It's like back in 2010, 2011. I'm like, wow, I was a wise 20 year old, but I mean, you know, writing in one thing was, you know, one thing, but then like, living like an idiot was another thing. So anyway, I only really started writing publicly in, um, in 2020, 2016 and it was more entrepreneurial written. So if you go back through my medium and go to the start, you see, it's more about like business entrepreneurialism, that kind of stuff. And then you kind of see where my, the Bitcoin bug bit me. And then it's like, all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of like, uh, uh, business article, Bitcoin article, business article, Bitcoin, 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 and it's all Bitcoin. <laughs> I just don't write about anything else now. So that's my answer. Nice. You see, he's got he's been infected <laughs> with the mind virus. Mm. Like I was, I was, I was. Hey, do you do you write? Um, I don't really like writing myself. You've um, written a few stories, haven't you? Sorry. You've written a few yeah, stories. Yeah, I've, I've written a few stories, but I'm not a big fan of writing. I like reading yeah. and I like drawing, but. Okay. What what's what sort of some of your little do you do you like math? Like have you no, like did I'm you not do you big fan of it? Okay. So you don't like writing, don't like math. Um you, you do like drawing, you like reading. What what's sort of in the in the yes I want to do camp and what's in the no I don't want to do at camp? What I else mean, actually? I would do math and writing, I'm just not a big fan of them. Like, yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not really into them like reading and drawing. <laughs> is there anything else you would add like do you like um, sciences and stuff like that or not really do you like sports animals music animals are oh, pretty animals. fascinating for me yeah okay. my favorite my favorite uh animal is a koala so <laughs> yeah have you heard of the drop bear yeah, so so the drop bear in Australia is like a koala. They look very similar, but mm -hmm. they they drop out of trees, and they actually kill people. Oh, um, so people think that they're koalas, but they're like these like little mini grizzly bears, and they just like literally tear people apart and they kill them. <laughs> That's that Australia. Sounds, um, <laughs> that sounds like normal Australia. Yeah, just yeah. just the run of the mill um, kind of uh, mo for an Australian animal yeah. or insect insect really, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. Pretty much. I'm, I'm actually joking. Um, yeah. Okay, thank God. <laughs> that, that's actually a running joke because everyone thinks that, right? They're like, oh, everything kills you in Australia. There's this whole joke about drop bears. So you see foreigners, they come to Australia and they're like scared if the koala is actually the drop bear version. <laughs> All right, okay, you got us. Thank okay. God. You got us. Yeah, I was, I was going to I was gonna run the joke, but I, I, I just, I couldn't. They, I'll be like, we're not going to Australia now. Well, but we you, already have. But so, I, I don't like, remember. you you do mix your your love of animals with sport as well, don't you? Yeah, I because do, I do horse riding. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's. Oh, there you go. I, I was I was picturing you like chasing oh, a dog around or something like that. 
Oh, you do hip hop? Yeah. Okay, so, so what do you mean? Like you rap or you dance? I just dance. Okay, like very it's cool. Like culture is hip hop kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Do, do you do you do you like sort of dress like a hip hop kind of no, person? No, no, I don't. I don't. No. I, um, I mean, <laughs> no. I just like dance. That's all I do. Are you doing head spins in a basement on cut up cardboard boxes or? Uh, not no, not at that no, stage yet. No, not okay. Stage, just okay. Yeah, I'm still just doing yet. like I'm still doing like hard things, but not as okay. Well, awesome. you we, we, we got to make you, you famous and wear like a wear like a Bitcoin suit and stuff. You know, you be yeah, exactly. You rock it. Was that your scene growing up as well? <laughs> Me, sort of, man. I was like, kind of. I mean, yeah. I I had this weird phase of like bloody love love songs. You know, like did you remember Richard Mercer and the like the uh, maybe uh, that would have been Australia. Sorry, no, that that's a there was like this one channel which had just like love song dedications. You know, like for you know it was every night and all that sort of stuff. So I went through like this man. I was such a pussy. Um, so 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 that but but I did I did really like so I think actually. I mentioned that whole political thesis that I wrote. I think one of my strongest inspirations was actually Tupac. Um, so it was like Tupac and Michael Jackson were like really uh, vital inspirations for me when I was younger because obviously, the, you know, they, they had a message behind their music, behind their lyrics. And so, so yeah, that, that was really powerful for me. And for me, it was more the words and the meaning in the music, not so much the, the sound as much. So that, that's why like I, I diverged from... You know, I, I think actually someone like Biggie, for example, was a better hip hop artist. Like he had better flow and all that sort of stuff. But I didn't like him. I didn't give a crap. Like, you know, there's like three, four of his songs that I like because all he talked about was like, you know, bitches and hoes and whatever he was talking about. Whereas Tupac actually had meaning. Like it was, you know, it was the, the struggle against effectively. He didn't phrase it this way, but the state. Right. Um, and that, I think, planted a lot of early seeds for me. So, so there was that. There was also really heavy influence of like bon jovi and 80s music so like you know my favorite bon jovi songs were surprise surprise it's my life have a nice day you know like especially those two ones um and yeah like that was and i also like when i was younger like early early teens um it was a bit of like offspring um that kind of stuff um i never got into like i hated the punk rock like blink 182 and stuff but it was more like yeah, offspring. I love them. Um, Mate, come on, you've got yes, ACDC. On. What's going on? You, you, uh, on? Yeah, well, see, the thing is, I didn't get into ACDC until later. So, like, now, like, one of my favorite genres is, like, literally 80s music. But I didn't get into ACDC until, like, I really got into 80s kind of in, um, yeah, my, my late, late teens, early 20s was, yeah, ACDC, Guns N' Roses, Bon Jovi, you know. Uh, I didn't get into Mattel. Uh, you mean Queen? Without yeah. the S? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like Queen until later, but, but I, I mean, a couple, couple songs, but yeah, like, I mean, Queen is incredible, like absolutely incredible. Like you, th- that kind of music is not made anymore. Right. Like yeah. that was for me, like the peak of music was kind of eighties really. Yeah. Like that was the, the peak. I mean, I love the seventies as well. Um, the, the older I've gotten, the more I appreciated the older music actually, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. but like, I think, I think music died kind of after the nineties, like it's basically all been garbage. There's been a few like, spots of light um you know i think eminem was okay i mean he's turned into a total sjw but like there was there was a few things along the way which were glimmers of hope but it's like i imagine i can i can imagine like when you're in that kind of love song phase uh, especially for you by kylie and jason that must have been the absolute like pinnacle for you 
yeah well you know i was a i was a strange young man you know like i was i was i was literally the the the, the definition of you know beta soy man totally we <laughs> gotta my... talk about that because you're the total opposite now but lauren right yeah. do, do you want to say goodbye so, yeah okay bye thank you for the answer and uh that joke was real good <laughs> yeah, awesome good. i'm glad to steal that <laughs> good please steal yeah, it freak steal out it. all your friends yeah, freak I'm out all your friends like, I'm just going to be in the Agora and tell Bo. He's going to freak out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you should don't, do a don't, whole... Don't... Go ahead. I was going to say, don't tell him. Don't tell him. Just just let him believe it yeah, forever yeah. until he comes oh, to Australia. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to Australia. And then just like half... You should do a whole PDF show for everybody. Drop about Drop Bear. In that. <laughs> I should do a presentation about yes. it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, cool. Lauren. See you, honey. Mate, look, look at you inspiring young, young kids to go and uh, tell jokes. <laughs> love it that's right <laughs> telling young kids to like perpetuate a lie uh oh she better not become a central banker <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so come on let, let, let's let's dig into this this what you just said you know growing up uh the epitome of a soy boy because now you're the total opposite like uh you mm -hmm. know you mm -hmm. listening to your wake up podcast by the way man hats off congratulations what what a podcast i love it uh, i really enjoy listening to it um not blowing smoke up your ass i think it's brilliant i think you're a great host i appreciate uh, it you, actually before we go back to you being a soy boy let's talk about the the podcast quickly because uh, there was that one uh episode that i was listening to and i was dming you like halfway through it it was you were so close to pilling the uh the author of um uh edwin um, grishan yeah right grishan. um yep. the creature from jekyll island, jekyll island. Did, yep. did he ever come back to you like uh, he didn't i shot him off an email like so i sent him across you know some of the lightning stuff etc but like he, he has an assistant running his stuff um so she's like yes i'll surely pass it on blah 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 and i mean god knows if he ever read it or not um i mean it might be worth me doing a, a another uh show with him just to sort of dig dig a little bit more but the problem is he like he lacks the, the the technical sophistication to sort of appreciate some of the 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 abstract concepts around what the hell lightning actually is, and and it makes it a little bit difficult. I yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. I think I think I've I, after that podcast, I really started uh, more articulately framing crypto as globalist a new globalist version of fiat. So so you know, he, part of me trying to orange pill him was me trying to frame, frame that. And I kind of did it on the fly. Um, so, so now like, cause, cause I went and did that with pomp as well. And that, that really like rubs some people the wrong way because you know how many listeners of pomps are crypto people. Right. So I like yeah. literally framed Ethereum as the, the bedrock of government mandated CBDCs. Like I said, they're going to partner with Vitalik. They're going to be in bed together and they're literally uh, creating what is going to be the slave coin. Um, and that pissed so many people off and I was so happy about it. But, um, anyway, like, yeah, I, I think I've got that, the, the articulation around that a lot better. Um, and I have, I have, yeah, moved a whole lot of people who, who, who are crypto people, quote unquote, but that sort of, you know, get the whole great reset piece. And then like, I just slap it together. And I'm like, dude, you, you should be best friends with Klaus. Like you are literally helping with the research so, so why don't you go and continue buying ethereum and go hang out with klaus and vitalik and stuff you know maybe you can you know start a pedophile ring and shit like that like i just fucking give it to them man because that's what they should do if they're buying ethereum um i have no fucking remorse anymore and then you know 
lo and behold, like some of them get cut, but you know, some of them are like, you know what, you're right. I'm selling all my shit. I'm going into Bitcoin. Um, so anyway, man, love it. All right. So let's back up. Let's go back to, so what was going on then as, as, as a young man growing up in Australia, what was the, uh, what was, what was the road for you that you were taking? <clears throat> yeah, man, I, I had a really, um, I, I had a funny story as a kid. So when I was really young, uh, so when I first started in school, it's funny, I didn't even speak English. I spoke uh, Macedonian. And like, even though I was born in Australia, uh, my, my parents spoke Macedonian at home. So I didn't really learn English until I was like five or six or something. Um, and I learned it at school. So, you know, obviously my parents sent me to school uh, when I was a kid, but I'm sitting there and I still I have flashbacks of like, you know, with friends and I'm sitting there talking to the to them in Macedonia and they're like looking at me like what the fuck is wrong with this kid <laughs> and I think just sort of having naturally been you know an outsider like that because when you don't speak the same language you're naturally an outsider you can't communicate right that's the definition of being an outsider um, I, I was a little bit more rough around the edges you know I'd get into fights and all this sort of stuff so so that sort of happened there and then as I grew up a little bit you know I kind of assimilated into into school and then I became you know a pussy boy for a number of years um, until sort of like year three, four, I, you know, had a, like a phase of being, you know, uh, a bit more rough again. And then I just sort of became a pussy boy again outside, like towards the end of, um, towards the end of like primary school, I guess. So up to like year five, year six, I was like 10, 11 years old and whatever. And, and that was a, that was a genuinely rough phase of my life because my parents split up and, you know, me and my brother, we spent, instead of like spending our time like with friends and at school, we spent our time in fucking uh, family courts because my parents just kept fighting. And we spent three and a half fucking years inside the courts going from mother to father, father to mother, mother to father, father to mother. And my dad was a bit of a fucking nut job and he made it all way too, way harder than it fucking need to be. Um, like, you know, he came up with all these conspiracies that, you know, my mom's the devil and all this sort of shit that, you know, we need to go back there so that he can get a lower settlement um, on his, you know, on the, on the divorce settlement. And then we need to make her life a living hell so that, that she, you know, gives us up. Like it was all this fucked up shit. Right. So, so during that phase, like my, my dad was extraordinarily brutal. Like, so he was the, what I would call a, um, an immature alpha male, like, or an uncontrolled alpha male. And he, he fucking was super violent. He beat the shit out of us. Like fucking I'm the amount of sticks and shit. My brother and I had broken off us. Like, cause we had like sticks uh, that would like uh, that were on every single window that was supposed to be there. So that if someone tried to open the window from outside, like, you know, they'd be jammed. So kind of like, you know, uh, low key, lo-fi, um, uh, security right but then the sticks also doubled as beating mechanisms <laughs> from my dad so he'd like fucking teach us like a lesson very quickly so you know me and my brother would like if we knew we were doing something silly we'd like hide the sticks that were closest so that you know all he had was his hand or something because they it hurt fucking less so anyway like his his overbearingness i think what it did was it sort of beat me into submission and i was naturally the beta uh, me and my brother were both fucking betas um and yeah, for, 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 for many years, like, you know, throughout my teenage life, like I, I, I had a natural alpha in me and, and that's, I think sort of, you know, it was evident in that I was always like out competing in school, like whether it was academically in sport and all this sort of stuff, I was always trying to be the best. Like I, I wasn't, you know, hanging with the losers. I also wasn't hanging with the popular group. I was like that kid that was like with everyone. Um, but you know, I was like sort of a bit of an outlier. Like I did have my core group and all this sort of stuff, but yeah, I wasn't 
like at home I was you know beta and with with women in particular total fucking soy boy beta man like fucking you know buying roses for girls and crying over love songs and fucking you name it totally embarrassing right um and yeah uh, uh, that that sort of like later on in my life um led me down a path of sort of discovering and understanding not only like the, the human mind, human psychology, but also the difference between masculine and feminine energy. Like that for me is a, a true bedrock of uh, existence in the social realm. Like men and women are different. And particularly, it's not just men and women. It is the fucking, the essence and the energy of masculine and feminine. Now, mind you, there are some men that are fucking feminine and there are some women that are naturally masculine. But by and large, the center of gravity for men is masculine. The center of gravity for women is feminine. And what matters is that you're in your center of gravity and sort of what we learn over the years, depending on our influences, you know, with parents, with environment, with teachers, with, you know, other influences in life, TV, et cetera, is we, we learn to put these masks on. So we have this sort of nature, which, you know, my nature is masculine. Then we learn to put a feminine mask on because like, you know, we find that that's like, so, so it's more like a, you know, a, a, a masculine male in a feminine uh, sort of mask is a beta effectively. So, and that's not to say feminine is weaker, but it's a different energy. So, so, and girls do this as well. They, they, they're naturally feminine. And then they see, you know, some of the girls like getting along with the boys because they're more masculine or they're more competitive. So they put a masculine mask on and they become butch, you know, and then they sort of become tomboys. And then they realize that the girls who didn't do that, they're a little bit more pretty. So then they put a feminine mask on uh, because they try and do that, but it's a bit fake. And, you know, they realize that the boys can kind of see through it. So then they put another uh, masculine mask on to try and prove that, you know, I can beat you at your own game. And, you know, they sort of might find a little bit of success there in, you know, at school and everything. So they do that for a while. Then they get, they, they hit puberty and they want to attract boys. So then they put a feminine mask on and then they're like trying to attract the boys again. And they kind of have some success, but they realize that's, you know, broken heart, this and that. Then they get into the careers and in the career, they tell you that you need to be masculine. So they put another masculine. So, so we've got sort of mask over mask over mask over mask. And we all go through that. And I was definitely there in sort of, you know, my, and, and I mean, to some extent, we're all still sort of there. It's like, you know, via negativa is the way to heal this is not to put another mask on, it's to sort of strip all of them away and discover where your, where your center of gravity is. But um, yeah, to, to sort of tie, tie this off is like, in my 20s, I really started going down that rabbit hole and understanding the human psyche, understanding, you know, why my dad's behavior was like that, you know you know, my mom, this, that, and all this sort of stuff, you know, my uncle, who was a more mature masculine, um, he, he was like a good example. My dad was more of a warning. Um, and yeah, I really started to try and develop that in myself. And even like all most, most of my twenties as well, at least the first half, I was a total beta as well. Like I became vegan and all this sort of, a lot of people know the vegan story, but this other story of like me being total, total soybean in my teens, no one actually knows that. So you're the first. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, so I, I can speak from experience and I can call betas and soys cucks and whatever the fuck I want to call them because I was there. And, um, I, I, I don't talk from, uh, I don't know what you went through. I fucking been there. I know it. And I grew out of that shit. Um, and I'm not going to create an apology or an excuse or be a victim about that shit for the rest of my life. So I built the fucking person you see in front of you today. Mm -hmm. I didn't, uh, just land like this, man, shit. There's a lot there. What what resources were you using when you were trying to like uh, figure out this whole mask thing? And like you know, for that's to 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 like fall down that rabbit hole at twenty, that's huge, right? We we don't like usually do that. 
uh, especially mm-hmm. um, at that young age. That young age, it's all about partying and you know whatever else, either starting your career out or going to university. It's not like let's pick up a philosophical book or seek the help of some kind of uh, therapist or whatever. What, what what were you doing? Like how how were you coming to these conclusions? Yeah, I um I guess I was always like I said curious and driven and all that sort of stuff. So I I left home when I was eighteen. Um, and I kind of, you know, had my little shitty apartment, my motorbike, and I was learning to trade. And that was sort of like that early genesis. Again, people know the story of me learning to trade first and getting wrecked and all this sort of shit. Um, but, at, you know, at that same time, like I was alone. So, so the other things I was doing is like I was like reading three hours a day. I was studying like and the topics were like philosophy, markets, um, you know, kind of like you know, entry level Austrian economics, but not too much. Um, but I was also super interested in like, so, so a couple, two, two early, uh, or maybe even three uh, early inspirations were actually David Blaine, Chris Angel and Darren Brown. Wow. Man. Um, super early for me. And, and like th- those three fuckers blew my mind and I was like, holy shit, you know, that the power of like, you know, what humans can do if they, they apply themselves to something. So that got me digging into, trying to figure out like how the mind functions and the kind of books, man, I had like all sorts of weird shit from like occult stuff and like fucking conjuring spirits through to like mentalism, like all sorts of fucking shit that I was like trying to figure out like psychology and this and that. And I'd, I'd say that the, that the, probably the best stuff that I got out of all of it um, was definitely um, I think Tony Robbins is like probably one of the strongest um, influences because I, I actually, I did a little bit of listening to his shit, but not really. Like I just went straight to his events and it was weird. Like the first event that I went to, like I was in a dark place. Like, you know, I was like really into my sort of myself. I just lost a bunch of money. And like the last thousand bucks I had, I just went to his fucking UPW event. I remember sitting right up the back. I was like, who the fuck are all these stupid fucking people? They're all like, you know, this is a cult, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of took me like a day or two to sort of get into it. But it really like, he's, he's, I would say, the most powerful communicator of our time and probably one of the most powerful communicators who ever lived like you know and and i have been around many communicators i've studied many communicators whether in you know written or speech and i i think he's up there in the top one two three whoever lived but um yeah he stuff just resonated with and i think what resonated with me the most was just the message of responsibility um and that kind of like pulled me because i was I was young and I was alone living by myself. Like when I was before that in my teens, like my, my sick and dying fucking grandma who had every single ailment under the sun, I had to fucking look after her with no help from no fucking family because me and my dad had had a big blob. So I fucking ran away and I was living with her out in the middle of the fucking country. And I had to carry her on my fucking back uh, on a train for three hours to get her to a fucking doctor. Cause she was fucking screaming, dying of some fucking pain at a, as a 15 year old kid. Right. So like responsibility was kind of like drilled into me. And so, so Robbins's work around responsibility was like re- really called to me, you know, at a, at a deep spiritual level. And, um, and yeah, so, so as I dug more, you know, Robbins really does a lot of work on, I mean, obviously, you know, psychological principles that are easy to understand, but he does a lot in sort of masculine and feminine. And that really, I credit a lot of that to my journey. And then I sort of, you know, got into David Data and all sorts of other people to sort of learn about like masculine energy itself. And yeah, I just, I spent time trying to, you know, unlock and build that in myself. And it was a fucking hard journey, man. Like it was, it felt so fake in the beginning, um, but 
yeah, these days it's like, you know, I've, I've kind of removed the layers, removed the masks. Yeah, I hear you. And I've, I've experienced the same thing. There's actually a short passage about it in, in the book that I wrote, uh, because I spent 18 years um, in a financial career in foreign exchange markets, the last year mm -hmm. of which in commodity markets. And, um, you know, I, I came to the realization come the end of each month, I'm still net zero, but I'm running as fast as I can every freaking day working my ass off missing my family, you know, four kids at home, my wife's running her ass off, like just trying to look after the kids. And then we like, you know, come and I would get home, kiss the kids good night, and then just kind of like, sit down in my hump in the sofa, you know, with, with TV dinner. And like, it was just Mr. Fiatsville, like all of it. Um, and I read a book, uh, for our work week by Tim Ferriss, uh, who's mm -hmm. a big fan of Robbins as well. Um, I'd actually been switched off by Robbins by a crazy fucking American boss that I had. It was like a midget Robbins and he, uh. he paid 60 grand a year, uh, to be one of the premium partners of, of Robbins. Mm -hmm. And he would go to like all of his events, all of these Fiji rah-rahs and drink carver and, mm -hmm. and everything else. Mm -hmm. And then he would come back as if he was Tony Robbins and he would like mm -hmm. stand up and like do these stupid like morning meetings and try like, you know, and using all of like uh, his quotes. And anyway, it was uh, it was crazy. But I realized after, you know, uh, walking away from that career, gradually these masks started falling away. I didn't know it was happening at the time. I wasn't doing it consciously. I hadn't done the study that you had done. But all of a sudden, like you, you break away from that identity that you've been hanging on to for so long and it's just gone and no one gives mm -hmm. a fuck. No one cares. But you you start changing personally. And then when you find Bitcoin, oh, man, like that's when the mirror gets held up in front of you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think to, to your point about that, you know, crazy boss, I think uh, I, I would argue that there was some really good elements about him. But I think, you know, what what he probably projected was his own um, inadequacies and tried to like, uh, you know, and, and he, he used almost that as a must. So I saw that a lot because I, I spent a little bit of time actually with the platinum partners. I did all sorts of stuff. Um, and I saw that all the fucking time. We used to call it, um, there, there, was two, there was two kinds of people that, you know, kind of lost their minds at those things. There was that archetype of person who then thought he was fucking Tony Robbins and kind of got, and, and it's that lacked a lot of authenticity that there was, there was an intent there and the intent was kind of, you know, that there was, there was a good intent, but it came off in the wrong fucking way. And a lot of people did. And even I did that early on in sort of like after the first couple of seminars, I was a little bit like that, but then there was the other types who would just like spend their lives going to seminars um, you know, learn a little bit, apply for three days. And then we, we called them the seminar junkies. So, so you'd always see the same fucking faces, but every year they were like, they got fatter, they got sicker, they got poorer. Like, you know, they, 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 they just came there for like a quick dose of positivity. And there was very, very few. And this ties to my remnant articles. Like there was probably 5% of people genuinely took it, took it on board, like embodied the shit um, and authentically went and lived it authentically went and helped it. And, and that's kind of what I tried to do the, the older I got, like when I was younger, I was a little bit probably like your, um, you know, your, your ex crazy boss, like, you know, my, my, my intent was good. I wanted to like the best for my people and all this sort of stuff, but it, you also got to appreciate it. It's, it's almost like having discovered Bitcoin and then going to a friend and being like, ah, there's this fucking thing. And they're like, who the fuck is this psychopath? Because you sort of just come from a room of like people of who are like, you know, wanting to change their lives, change the world, do all this sort of shit. And then you sort of come 
back to a group that's sort of been surrounded by, you know, what's the sales numbers, you know, what's the pipeline. It's like, it's like, who the fuck are you? So, so, so it's a mixture of factors, but um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of people got turned off uh, Tony in the early days uh, because of a lot of that. But I always tell people just, you know, that that's one event you have to fucking go to. And, you know, I'm hoping he fucking bucks the trend and goes and runs some events um but i know did you did you see him in miami just recently uh there was a little video that kind of was spiraling around i saw it in some telegram groups so there was there was a there was a marketing event in miami and you know they he he got invited to like do like a quick one hour talk and he smashed the shit out of the rona it was fucking hilarious um so it was was sort of good to see yeah yeah, i'll shoot it to you on telegram later it's um he yeah he's on the right page so he's uh he's on our side is he a bitcoiner I think so like he had michael saylor on one of his recent things so i i would assume he's a bitcoiner so so what one, one of my goals is to sort of get back in with the crew there and mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna orange pill the fuck out of him yeah mate that would be ace because his his audience is huge and uh yeah i've i've seen the netflix um i'm not your guru uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so i kind of like been a fly on the wall i suppose looking at one of those mm-hmm, events mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it shows you a lot of crazy shit uh mm. a bit happy clappy american i guess that that might be an interesting thing as well they might be different in different um countries uh a little bit it looks weird on a tv that's the thing like when you're in mm. the when you're in the environment it's very different because you actually like you you you, you drop the thing and you're like well fuck you know the, the 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 frame he uses is like look you know when you're a kid and you know you see a puddle of water like you know you go jump in the fucking water when you're an adult you're like fucking water you know like you don't just like walk around it you're like you fucking complain about the fact that there's a puddle of water in front of you you know what i mean so we kind of like over time you know we we confuse maturity with like this insecurity about looking and feeling funny because that kind of behavior like clapping and screaming and all that sort of stuff it's perfectly normal at a fucking soccer game or a football game you know no one says anything about it there it's like it's all about like context so when people see that in the context of like a you know personal development or talking about you know psychology and you know developing yourself they're like that shouldn't be there because they're in their mind like you know a seminar should be sitting down like a fucking zombie falling asleep listening to somebody talk like so so it really it really jolts them so he uses like the, the way he phrased it he said uh in, uh emotion derives from motion so he like he ensures that everyone is fucking moving all the fucking time and i mean you're in there from 8 a.m in the morning till midnight 16 hours fucking straight um that motherfucker doesn't get off the stage like he doesn't piss eat shit nothing the whole time um and like that kind of intensity you're not going to sit there with a fucking board, you know, and drawing on a wall. So, so there's, there's a method to the madness, but I always say to people like, you know, go and experience it. Don't like sort of, you know, the, I think the, the documentary, I'm not your guru was great because it showed you some of the insights of some of the shit that actually goes on in there and you see his presence and his ability to just fucking drill into that shit. Um, but yeah, the, the experience is very different. And the closest I can say to it is kind of like what people felt at, uh, Bitcoin 2021, where you get in, you know, particularly at Beefsteak, where you get into a group of like-minded people who are all aligned around a vision. It's very, very fucking empowering. And then it's, you know, you come out of that and you get surrounded by normies. You're like, huh. you know, it's like, it's the come down between the two. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> so anyway, this isn't a Tony Robbins podcast, but I, I recommend no, people like, exactly. You know, 
he, um, the, guy, the guy's great and you know taught me a lot when i was young and that's sort of the answer to the question of like how i dug into this shit is like you, you stand on the shoulders of giants like no pun intended with robinson <laughs> but yeah. yeah like you you know you 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 know he was one influence and there was many other influences along the way but um he, he was he was like a standout for me you can pill him man definitely he's there i mean his book is great like money master the game he 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 gets it yeah 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 he's Good um, luck. i mean but yeah i will i will change that to money uh modern money is a scam uh by bitcoin that, that'll be his next book when you see that book come out <laughs> you know, from tony robbins that you know tony's bitcoin book you'll know it's fucking fetsky did something definitely all right mate let's move on to one of your pieces then the one i've picked out is fiat fascism and communism because it 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 ties perfectly into what 21ism is you know it's this mm -hmm. new ism and there's a mm -hmm. perfect paragraph here <clears throat> which i'm going to read out to you which is probably weird when you hear people read back your writing to you um it's uh well let's let's give it a go when you are start <laughs> when you are starving to death nothing else matters except feeding your family when you work your ass off only to stand still or get poorer you will either riot or flock toward the ism that promises food water and shelter fucking nailed it man like you know this is uh, I, I know I think I think I may have stolen part of that from Arthur Hayes but anyway yeah yes that but was anyway, directly it's... that was directly under the Arthur Hayes quote okay, in your okay. piece you have the Arthur Hayes <laughs> quote I, I don't have it with me um and I can't think of it. it it's something along the lines of when there's a um change of order uh, mm -hmm. expect inflation or something like that um, yeah okay 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 something okay, along okay. those lines um so yeah man like you know th this this ties in perfectly well with like uh what the guys doing at 21ism they realize this is a newism you know the, a bit mm -hmm. the bitcoin age and uh, the, the 21 million the hard cap and and whatever else we this is uh the way i try and explain it it's not a revolution it's more an evolution of our species onto a medium exchange that is like we, we've never had this like ever mm -hmm. Uh, the closest we got to, as everybody knows, precious metals, but no hard cap there. Um, so how how are you thinking about it now, be, especially with what's been going on in your home country um, and fascism and communism and, and socialism and all of these isms kind of colliding together? So... Oh, let's pull on the evolution thread. So I was with, uh, I did, I did a show with Max and Stacey yesterday and I, I put forth the idea and I've got this, uh, tweet pinned to my profile. Now it's, uh, it says Bitcoin doesn't just break all your models. Bitcoin breaks all the cycles. Um, so, so what we've experienced, like I said, paraphrasing myself, but it's like, this isn't just some fourth turning bullshit. Uh, this is the transformation of a type zero to type one civilization. Like, this is how we get through not the great reset, but the great filter, like fuck the great reset. That's just the little fucking chip along the way. It doesn't actually fucking matter. Like what matters is getting through the great filter. So, so in my mind, the, the way, like, I, I mean, every, every time I think, you know, like I, I've, I see a big enough picture of Bitcoin, like something else fucking engulfs me and like, holy fucking shit, this is bigger than I thought. So for me, I, I have this argument, which is all sentient species. Um, so let's say if there's aliens somewhere else um, that, that are able to think abstractly and communicate um, in a mechanism that is 
different to just their um, biological confines, right? So like dogs, for example, you know, they can communicate partially, but you know, they're sort of bound by their biology. We are sentient in the sense that, uh, well, dogs are also sentient, but like where I'm sort of getting at is like, we, we have a prefrontal cortex and we can communicate around like sort of abstractions that dogs and shit can't like, you know, like a dog can think that there's a fucking another dog there, but you and I can see a dog and we can think it's the spirit animal of our species, you know, like dog doesn't fucking think that, you know? Um, so, you know, or, or a cat would probably be a better example. Like, you know, um, so, so if there is other species out there on the planet or oh, sorry, in the universe that also are, have a prefrontal cortex of some sort, have a brain capacity to be able to like create complexity in society that exceeds the bounds of their bio biology, then they too will need to discover the uh, the technology called money. Um, you know, they might call it, I don't know, something else. They might call it blah, blah, blah. I don't know. So, so, so money is this thing that has existed from the beginning of uh, time with Homo sapiens. Like it, it, it is something that permeates all of existence and it'll be there till the end of time. Money will always exist. The only thing that changes is the discovery of the or, or the use of the object or the mechanism via which we represent this metaphysical concept of money so so money is metaphysical it is the way we encode time energy and the way we map natural resources and measure human action so it's like kind of this thing that covers all of those four bases and we use it as a tool to solve the the problem of intersubjective value like that that's really what it is and solving the problem of intersubjective value allows us to cooperate and thus create complexity. That that's the whole fucking goal here. So all we did was, you know, we figured out different things. We're like, okay, you know, let's, you know, create promises. Like, but there's only so much brain power we have. So I can only remember what you know six people did over the last four days in order for me to know how much I owe them. Um, so that's not scalable. Um, so memory is not a good. Uh, mechanism to measure human action time energy resources so, so memory is not good money all right how about we draw on a fucking cave wall well that's a bit better but then you know the cave wall everyone's got to come to the cave walls so it's not super efficient so okay let's all agree how about we use these fucking rocks sweet all right we start using rocks and one of these assholes went and got a bunch more rocks and started using it's it like fuck okay so this doesn't work because now this asshole is lying about what he did the first form of inflation, mind you. Um, so, so, so then we kind of like figure out other things. It's like, okay, well, salt is, you know, a little bit harder to get and, you know, this and that. So I start using that, but then it rains and all of our wealth is gone. Fuck. Okay. So salt doesn't work. Let's, you know, do cattle. Well, shit, we can't chop the fucking cow's leg off in the middle of the damn thing. So I can't trade you. So, so we kind of had to like keep evolving and evolving. And this is what a intelligent species has to fucking do in order to, you know, allow itself to, grow and you know extend its complexity and what you see is money is actually where like i bet you can track uh the 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 big bounds in society to the big new discoveries of money so you look at coinage is when sort of you know really the ancient realm starts to take off you know whether it's with the ancient macedonians uh you know the greek city states the romans etc it was all driven around coinage around money um well you know people talk about the roads and stuff like that eh, that, that that's a that's a downstream effect it was the money it was the mechanism for cooperation so you know and then you had all the you know fucked up money and all that shit during the dark ages or whatever the case might have been and then we sort of had the renaissance with the florian and then boom next thing so anyway, we, we go through and we figure out all this shit 
And the intent or the pursuit is to discover a money that actually represents the metaphysical thing that money is supposed to encode, right? Time, energy, money, human action, right? Uh, natural resources. And I believe all sentient species, all intelligent species have to get to the point at which they discover energy money. And that is what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is energy money. And to get to energy money, we naturally have to go through uh, finding uh, really good physical money, um, which was gold. But then we have to abstract the physical money. And we actually have to go through what we're going through now, which is an attempt to co-opt that tool uh, to our own uh, advantage at the expense of others. And doing that deranges society to such a point where this is what I believe the definition of the great filter is, is that other intelligent species, there must've been out there who before they were able to discover energy money, fiat actually destroyed them. They nuked themselves. They turned themselves into a gulag. They destroyed their energy reserves. They fucked everything up and they went backwards. So unless a species discovers energy money, it does not get beyond the great filter. Um, so so I'll, I would argue that there's three great risks uh, to a human species is one is like literally decimating themselves and turning themselves into a fucking gulag. Um, and probably in that sphere is also like creating a fucking AI dystopia where, you know, we, we make the, the species obsolete and we replace it with something else. Um, the second great threat is like uh, wiping ourselves out with uh, weapons that are strong enough to wipe ourselves out. Now that could be nuclear, could be viral, it could be biological, whatever, where we all fuck ourselves up. So zombie apocalypse or whatever. Um, and the third one is an asteroid hitting us. Bitcoin actually solves all three because first of all, um, it, it basically breaks the gulag cycle. So all the cycles that we've had before of like slavery and all this sort of shit, this is why like beyond Bitcoin, you don't have that because you have a quick feedback mechanism. You do the wrong thing. It corrects, you do the right thing, it compounds. And, you know, we're on a, we, we, we action and resources are tied to reality. So you can't lie. The problem with the fiat system is we can lie. So it solves that one, solves the second one because there is no advantage now in, um, in using violence to co-opt wealth. Um, so as a result, it kind of, um, it, it equalizes um, the the threat model basically um, in in terms of like one power being able to blow everybody else up. The, the only reason you have this disproportionate power is you have a disproportionate access to the ability to print money. So so it kind of eliminates that one, and it actually solves the third one about an asteroid hitting the planet because the the species can get extraordinarily uh, efficient at harnessing energy such that we could probably build a fucking space cannon and blow the damn asteroid out or even, you know, shuffle it out of, shuffle the earth out of orbit or whatever. Like we will have the capacity to do shit like that to avoid an asteroid. Now that last one is a little bit tough because it's a race against time. Like I think when a species becomes strong enough, it can do that, but it doesn't, the species doesn't become technologically capable enough until it discovers energy money. So it's kind of this continual race. It's like the great filter, is where you know multiple things can wipe a intelligent species out, but you don't get through the great filter until you discovered energy money. And beyond that discovery, the quality of problems completely changes. All of the old cycles, debt cycle, Kadasha cycles, technical cycles, fucking bullshit fourth turning cycles, all that stuff, gone. Doesn't fucking even exist anymore. 
we are on then a whole new set of cycles with a whole new quality of problem. So there's like, I believe there'll be a before Bitcoin and an after Bitcoin. Um, that's it. And, you know, like, and existence will be marked by three discoveries, fire, Bitcoin, and teleportation. That's the title of my new article is like they're all energy transmission mechanisms. So anyway, that's my rant, but yeah. Man, that's, that's epic. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll start talking um, instead of in terms of like uh, BC and uh, AD, it'll be before Bitcoin. And BB, yeah, yeah, BB and AB. Man. How do you, like, how do you sleep at night? All this shit running through your head. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> between between Amber and this shit and fucking the podcast, I don't have any fucking sleep anymore. But um, this is this is sort of why I was saying, like, um, the, you know, even though, like, the, the fiat fascism and communism article is, like, really good, I was still focusing on, like, you know, the you know, us as humans, like fighting amongst each other with like, you know, uh, forms of government, like Bitcoin doesn't just break the idea of government. Like it's, we fucking evolve into like, and this is why I wanted to pull on that evolution thread. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a revolution. Like we're not going to like a new form of government where we'll have another, you know, first, second, third and fourth turnings. Like, you know, the idiots who wrote that book, like we will fucking, that shit becomes obsolete, man. It d- doesn't exist anymore on a post Bitcoin standard. Like we, we don't experience like generational fourth turnings, you know, that they, they will be, they will be fundamentally different in character and in nature. Like um, the reason we get fourth turnings is you, you have um, concentration of, you know, resources and you get entitlement and all this sort of stuff along the way. And when you get concentration in resources, when the money when that tool of cooperation can be co-opted, that always fucking happens. And, you know, you, you see that the full cycle of the fourth turning is actually the, the, the growth and collapse of the money, really. Like you can, you can frame it in that. But when you don't have the growth and collapse of the money, like the whole fourth turning thing, just it's gone. We don't need that to explain anything anymore. Yeah, we might have some entitled kids, but they'll fucking correct very quickly when the kid goes out, spends his money on hookers and coke, and can't get socialized or bailed out by anyone. Yeah, and I remember that 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 was another line in in that piece that you wrote. Um, fourth turning, big Bitcoiner book. A lot of people like it. You definitely pulled it apart. I hate um, it. I what, hate what, it. I hate what's it. the reason? I I think it's only relevant in sort of looking back in a history that has been plagued by you know an attempt or or the pursuit of figuring out you know what what a good money is i also don't i strongly dislike the writers um because their solution at the end of the whole fourth turning was that the in order for us to get through the fourth turning you know governments need to come together and you know ensure that they solve the problems of humanity right so it's like all right, bro, can you get more status? Like here we're seeing the governments of the world come together to solve the problems. How's that fucking working out for you? Um, so it's like that. Um, just because they guessed like a generational shift, I don't give them any credence. Like, see, I, I give a lot of um, credence to the sovereign individual because that reimagined society, you know, with by, by thinking about the incentive structure 
of how people behave and the returns to violence being shifted. And, and that for me was an extraordinarily powerful book because they had imagination about the future. They didn't just document what had happened in the past. These guys, they just documented some cycles, you know, generational cycles been around for ages. They put, they put a good model around it, but their presupposition is that we'll forever be in these fourth fucking turnings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in order for us to manage the fourth turnings, we need better government. Like that's, that's the fucking extent of their imagination. So I fucking hate that book so much. Like, and I think I hate it more because like everyone like talks about it and I'm like, man, get a life. Like it's a, it's a really <laughs> shit book. So it, it's probably better than what I'm saying. Like, you know, the, the model and the writing and like the framework and everything is probably better than what I'm saying. But anyway, like I, it just, I think I just, it irks me a little bit. Like it wasn't that imaginative. It wasn't that good. And people sort of give it like a 10 out of 10 where I give it a 1.2 out of 10, but maybe realistically it's like a four or five out of 10. So it's just, <laughs> I'm just glancing. It's over my shoulder here. I have read it. Um, and it, it, it it's all good. Solve it. Solve it. It was, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting read. I must say, but, um, listening to you now, uh, and what you just said about getting through the great filter, that makes more sense to me. It's like, yes. Um, and what I was uh, disappointed about is one of the co-authors, co uh, co Neil, it's Neil Howe, I think. He mm. works at Hedgeye. <laughs> with yeah, boy of course, Keith. yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. But so that's what I mean by no imagination, right? So, so mm -hmm. what they think is that, yeah, we've got our fourth turning models. You know, we've got our quadrant models, you know, my quad four and all this sort of stuff. Oh. So they think they can, you know, frame the world in these fucking fiat models. And that somehow they can create an edge so that if I know what part of the fucking fourth turning cycle I'm on, if I know what quad I'm in, I know what decisions I can make. There is nothing fucking evolutionary in that. That is about me trying to use a model to get myself in the right position. There's nothing leading about that. There's nothing fucking changing about that. These guys just want to keep on their stupid little fourth fucking turning model so that they can make the best for their hedge fund. Mm -hmm. They couldn't give a fucking two flying fucks about reinventing the foundation upon which all of existence you know exists um that's what bitcoiners are and that makes all of their work obsolete which is why they subconsciously don't like something like bitcoin um they, they don't know it but you know subconsciously like again say sailor told keith that bitcoin breaks all your models i'm telling both these motherfuckers that bitcoin breaks all your cycles so that's my thing I love it. Uh, let's let's move into the next line that, that I've got highlighted here. Uh, the capacity to save and securely store the product of one's labor is the cornerstone of civilization. So that would talk was that that that's exactly what you're talking about, like getting through the great filter and uh, having this ability to save um, is going to be the cornerstone of what we see as the next, I don't know, renaissance, great awakening, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's mm -hmm. um that that for me is like the, the kind of first port of call i try with people that are asking me about bitcoin for the first time i always try to go with the savings angle and like use it as a savings technology or a savings account sort of thing um how do you how do you where do you want to take that okay uh here's a frame can use this one imagine how backwards or or how primitive society would be if our memory only lasted our lifetime we weren't able to communicate and teach things 
uh, forward, right? So if every time you and I died, um, you know, we had to start again, there was no way to pass on what we learned. Could, could humanity progress? No. Like, so, so, you know, or imagine if every morning you woke up and you had to start again. So you lost all your knowledge and it's gone. You have to start again, right? So the capacity to store knowledge allows us to compound the knowledge over time and build. So this is kind of what I said, standing on the shoulders of giants earlier is it allows us to fucking build upon what's come before. So as an intelligent species, what we do is we save things. We build capital in the form of knowledge. And this is something all people understand. So this is kind of the, the point that I use before I go into saving is we have to, in order to progress, store and save our knowledge in some way. So, you know, if we didn't have the ability to, you know, write books and, you know, like written word and all that sort of stuff, we would still be like telling, telling narratives around like who remembers what had happened. And like, we wouldn't really get anywhere. It was like, it was <clears throat> the written word, which really started to like allow things to progress. Now we're able to store data and store stuff like even more, and we're able to like exponentially scale what we know. Right. It's extraordinarily important. Savings works the same. Savings actually stores the product of one's labor in a, you know, in a, in a medium that can be used for the future uh, to do something with it. If you had to like work and every day start again, you're actually on a treadmill. That's the definition of like not moving anywhere. So, so savings allows you to actually climb and move forward. So one cannot climb. And this is one of the big problems with the world is you cannot climb. You cannot move forward. You cannot build without um, being able to store the product of your labor. And it's, you know, again, like whatever analogy you want to use, it's like building a house and you're building with, I don't know, fucking sand. You know, you lay the sand, you start building the hill and then it rains. You start again. You'll never build a fucking house. Like it doesn't work like that. You need to find something where you, you know, compress and store the block and then build on top of it so savings exists and it's fundamentally important and here's the thing it's always existed savings has always existed the thing is the mechanisms that we've used to save have not had you know high fidelity when it comes to you know uh, transmuting them, uh, transmitting them, exchanging them, and all this sort of stuff. So we've attempt, like we've tried to save in rocks and seashells and salt and fucking cattle and animals and real estate and gold and all these sorts of shit. And they're all low fidelity savings mechanisms. Bitcoin is not just high fidelity. Bitcoin is perfect fidelity savings mechanism. It is like a fucking thousand or million or billion X improvement on everything that's existed before totally fucking different so now you actually unlock potential in a way that can be stored and never eroded and never depleted only transmitted only transmuted um it loses no fidelity um in fact if you fuck up and you're stupid and you lose it or whatever happens um it only increases you know the value for everybody else so it's like this it's this perfect 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 mechanism for storing the product of one's labor and as I said in the thing, it's like the cornerstone of civilization has always been saving and we've always been doing it and we've done really well. We've gone from fucking throwing sticks at like, you know, a random animal to drop building bears. skyscrapers and airplanes and drop bears and shit. You know what I mean? Like we, we've, we've done a lot as human yeah. beings. We've transformed rocks and fucking shit from the ground into 
you know, in, into this, like how the fuck are you and I on two other sides of the planet talking through these weird dildo looking things, you know, like how the fuck do we do this? Like, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Like from, from literally like people don't stop to think for a second, like this shit that we're talking through and the wires that it's running through is like literally came from rocks and shit in the ground. We actually transformed it into hardware. We've found a way to make the rocks and shit send, you know, invisible waves through the fucking air and through like, you know, cables of glass, which is also glass is made up of rocks and shit. Like that's fucking mind blowing. But we've done that with really, really crap savings technology. Imagine what we can do when we have not just better savings technology, but perfect savings technology. Holy fucking shit. This is why I mean, we'll be able to get a baseball bat. We'll build a cosmic baseball bat and smash the asteroid <laughs> out of the way when the time comes. We can it's, compound on that stuff. Just, just, to, just to stop you there, um, Bitcoin has given me a, a, a real kind of appreciation of engineering and feats of engineering. And this only just dawned on me two weeks back when we were driving, uh, my wife and I, we took the kids away and we drove from France down to Andorra in a 21 year old car that is running on fossil fuels on roads <laughs> across bridges up mountains uh, you know <laughs> it's like every stage of that journey i was just marveling at how have we actually fucking done this like how have we <laughs> got ourselves living in the mountains and actually built roads through them and then you when you get up there you take one of the ski lifts and you go up to the absolute peak he's like who mm -hmm, put mm -hmm. like yeah, the ski yeah, lifts yeah, yeah, themselves yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. incredible engineering technology mm -hmm. and um i never had that before and that is mm -hmm. definitely by virtue of uh, being opened up to bitcoin seeing the potential of where this could take us listening to other people's podcasts i think um safe does a good uh, good job of this uh, and like airplanes, like taking those for granted, never again. Like it's um, it's mad. And I, I don't know. Did, did you feel that as well? Were you ever thinking like um, about? <laughs> I guess I was a little bit of a weirdo because I did engineering and I sort of you know can kind of you know see the the stuff that goes into that. But for me, I think my this is probably one of the good parts of my little beta hippie journey was like i kind of went into the forest and all that sort of stuff and like you know spent time hugging trees and all that crap and um and kind of appreciating like you know nature in its rawness um but then uh comparing that against like how we've been able to kind of like transform and transmute nature into something you know more functional and easy to use like and i, I think where it like whilst Bitcoin has helped a little bit, what's really helped for me is the last two years going and living in strange places, like in the middle of the fucking jungle in Costa Rica. And I see that, you know, you don't like we're in places where there's no fucking cars, there's no roads, there's none of this shit. It's a mess. It's a disaster. Like me and Francis were trying to drag his bike. It was really funny. The, um, about a week ago or two weeks ago, or whatever, like trying to drag his bike because the chain snapped or something. So you know, dumb and dumber where like he gets on his quad, <laughs> we tie, we, we, we tie the bike to, um, with a rope and we're like rolling it. And I'm like sitting on the bike, like trying to control it, but we did this really bad tie and then part of the rope fell off and then it got wrapped around the wheel while I was on the back. <laughs> I can flip the bike. <laughs> almost fucked me up. 
<laughs> like, bro, if we were just in the jungle without like actual bits of human civilization around us, I said, I think we'd fucking die. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> and that kind of, that's the kind of experience that um makes you appreciate like how much uh, the, the, see the, the, the product of previous labor, the product of previous engineering is what we build upon. Like if we actually nuked everything and went back to scratch, every one of us here that is so dependent on stuff, we'd all fucking die. We'd all perish. Like maybe a few of us would like kind of survive by eating each other or something. But like there's like there's no hope for most people today. And it's incredible how far we've come from like literally living off the fucking ground and the dirt and transforming that ground and dirt into so much. Like everything you see around us. Like, I mean, this fucking sofa behind me is just incredible. Like this is literally, it was rocks and dirt and plants and shit before. And now it's a comfortable sofa that I can sit on. It's, it's, it's wild. So, so th this is what humans do. And we've, we've done a relatively good job at it. And this is sometimes where like, you know, as much as like, there's a lot of fear mongering going on with like the, you know, the great reset and the vaccines and all this sort of stuff. Like I kind of step back a little bit and I know that there is a clear and imminent danger for many of us. Um, because, you know, this generation, unfortunately, the you and I of the world have to like, you know, we drew the short straw because we have to like turn this shit around um, and make sure that we actually make it through the great filter. Um, you know, so, so we've actually probably got arguably the hardest job in the history of all of humanity. Um, and we've got to get us through that. But the generation after us will be able to build a foundation on top of the rubble. Um, and then the generation after that, is actually going to be able to be the ones who go and scale up society. So, so we'll be known at least as the founding fathers, but we're going to have the most bruises and battle scars and shit. But um, what, what gives me hope is that I see how much human beings have accomplished. Like you said, in the fucking random mountain in the middle of nowhere, there's like a goddamn chairlift. Like who the fuck built that? How, why, what, you know, there's like, it's it's wild man like it really is like we, we were in a, me, me and my girlfriend were in a secluded um place in costa rica a couple of weeks back and it was the same thing like i was it was this weird like um hotel like it was a beautiful hotel but in this fucking spot where it's almost impossible to get to and then around there like in, in it's like it's it's this point like this random point on the coast of costa rica and there was another like it was the main uh, resort but there were some other houses in the spot and they're all kind of like these little you could see them between the forests and then there was like power there and like internet and i was like who the fuck got out here with this like antenna to like put like power poles and stuff how like what and again yeah it's it's really 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 awe-inspiring and and we do this as a completely like we do this in a broken capacity now like i just can't imagine how well we're going to do it when we remove all the wastage and all the you know when it's when it's a pure signal and it's high fidelity holy shit man like and that's one rant you did go on in the piece i didn't highlight it here but you've just uh, reminded me about like the waste 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 section of your, of your article and like the how the fiat system is just geared to to waste it is like uh, an environmental and an ecological fucking disaster it is it is like so so actually funny that you mentioned that because this, this really ties into where like i'm really trying to deepen my thinking everyone's sitting here again i i urge bitcoin is anyone listening to this is like 
the 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 hill that we die on with Bitcoin is not oh how many renewables we have. Who gives a fucking shit about that. The hill we die on is at the moment economics again. It, Economic activity, money is what measures natural resources. I'll tell you what's the biggest economic disaster on the planet is wasting money. So, so if you go and spend money and you actually trade fake money for real resources and you go and build an entire building like they're doing in China, they're building fucking cities. So, so they're taking all the rocks and all the shit out of the earth. They're building these cities and then they knock the fucking buildings down. Where, where are the environmentalists? But that is a fucking tragedy. And guess what they then do? Is this rubble that they, they've just, just destroyed these fucking natural resources, which people are not going to be able to use for maybe another, you know, 10, 20,000 years until like the earth kind of reabsorbs it or whatever, until we're smart enough to reuse it. Um, and then they print a bit more money and they write it off on the balance sheet. Waste. That is a fucking catastrophe. All the energy that went into that, not just natural energy in terms of resources, but human energy, time, and natural resources that went into that, gone, poof. But it's not noticeable because it's just marked off on a fake balance sheet defined by fake money. You can't do that on a Bitcoin standard because you, when you write off the natural resource, you write off the fucking Bitcoin. It's gone. It's done. So, so it actually roots that behavior. It roots the resource into reality that alone like bitcoin will save 99 of the wastage that we've got today like I, I and i would argue that 99 of all human action and all energy use and resource use is wasted completely wasted like that's how we fucking save the planet and that's where i think another rabbit hole i'm going to start going down is like i want to put an argument together of like uh and i might do this with Haas actually is um is i think there is a case to be made that the world can probably sustain 150 to 200 billion people. And that is because once we harness energy and resources properly, we can populate everything and we can use everything efficiently. We can grow enough food. We can do all of that stuff. At the moment, we can barely do it for a billion people. We've got a billion people living okay and 6 billion people starving and living like retards. So it's all fucking retarded because we don't use anything properly. We're just lying to ourselves. It's like, imagine flying a plane and you know all your instruments are telling you something else like or they're all a lie or or, or, or you're flying a plane and you know the altimeter says uh 10, feet and you're like you know what i'm just gonna write fifteen thousand feet on it it's like you dickhead you didn't you didn't increase your fucking elevation you just wrote a fucking number on it <laughs> like that's not how it's done and then you wonder why you you know fly into a mountain and it's um it's all fake so yeah, the, the the waste thing I think is extraordinarily important. Yeah, you, you're totally right. And what one thing that would like disappear overnight if we were to move on to a Bitcoin standard would be malinvestment, like gone. Yeah. And how much of that is there in our system? Yeah. In pretty much everything we touch, I would argue. Yeah, absolutely. So so and 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 what is malinvestment? Mal resource allocation. And what is mm -hmm. malresource allocation? Waste. It's all the same shit. It's all the same shit. You know, malinvestment is literally people burning down the trees, ruining the resources, wasting the oil, wasting people's time, slavery. Malinvestment is all of that shit. And like, if we start to go on the attack here and frame this shit 
like when someone makes a bad investment, when they put money in the wrong place, they're killing people. Yeah. And so, so maybe Roger Ver had a thing, you know, you know, the babies are dying. They actually are. So, so, you know, Roger, you're right. Um, Get off Bcash, come back to Bitcoin, you dickhead. Yeah. That's the message for you. <laughs> I'm sure he listens. So, uh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so whilst we're bashing fiat, you, you had a couple of, you know, great paragraphs in here. Um, and I'll read one to you and then we can get into that as well. Uh, you might have already done it, but by using, supporting and interacting with government issued fiat money, you're directly supporting a system that attempts to artificially manufacture a modern immobile feudal state that is a blend of fascism communism authoritarianism socialism colonialism and globalism a lot of isms in there yeah there is a lot of isms yeah, literally so th this is sort of my argument to you know what i said at the beginning about you know converting shit coins to bitcoin is like you're funding all the, the shit you hate by using the dollars is all right, dude, like this is the argument that I had with that moron, Chris Sky, you know, him and his like <laughs> yes. United non-compliance, just say no. It's like, all right, bro. Well, then why are you fucking paying for your own enslavement? You fucking moron. Like th this, this is the shit that this is why Bitcoin's the 1% that solves 99% and all the other 99% of things we do only solve 1% of stuff. So it's like, it's the inversion. So get your wealth off there. Stop funding the very idiots that are doing all the things you don't want them to do. Simple. So like all of this is funded by us holding their money. And this, this might actually tie into like one of the things I'm trying to do with Amber is like, we really want to see Bitcoin emerge as this next. Um, so, so, so for Bitcoin to get to money, it's got to, you know, go through a few stages. Like the first killer app was, um, was Silk Road uh, because it proved that Bitcoin was uncensorable. You know, then the next broadly speaking killer app for Bitcoin was exchanges. It was, you know, it was the establishing Bitcoin's uh, initial value and its initial status as really a collectible. To, to this day, Bitcoin is still technically a collectible. Um, it's still, you know, it has the attributes of money, but it's not used as money. It's still used as a collectible. It's just traded amongst people and it's traded for something like fucking Dogecoin, right? So, so it's still viewed as a, as a collectible. So, so that's sort of the next killer app for Bitcoin. But now Bitcoin's sort of emerging. So Silk Road took it from, you know, uh, no digits to, you know, triple digits. Uh, trading took it from like triple digits and probably take us up to six digits. You know, then, then at that point, you know, Bitcoin is kind of established as pristine property collateral, right? And at that point, you know, Bitcoin emerges into this thing that kind of like what happened in the first world of you know people being able to like with strong property rights being able to leverage their property draw against the equity and enhance their you know life and um and this is this is a function of uh what do you call it um the fiat world right leverage is a function of the fiat world so, so we have to go through this phase while bitcoin emerges into being money but Bitcoin will be used in the same way as the first world used real estate to enhance lifestyle and to compound wealth. It'll be pristine property. It'll be pristine collateral, as Sailor would say. So we'll do that. We'll use that. And that will take Bitcoin from, you know, six digits through to maybe 10 digits, you know, or nine or something like that. Um, so, so that, or maybe not that much, maybe, yeah, maybe 
realistically eight digits, probably to the hundred million dollar mark. And it's only then that Bitcoin will convert into really being money because the volatility, the, the relative volatility, because Bitcoin doesn't have volatility. It's only got relative volatility. That's another misnomer. Um, Bitcoin's relative volatility will have tapered off um, and against other goods and services, you know, you, your one sat will buy you whatever. And tomorrow one sat will also buy you the same amount and next week, and next month, very similar amount. So, so Bitcoin needs to transition into money. So this next phase, I think the killer apps going to be those that leverage Bitcoin as property and attack the fiat system. So, so that's something we want to do with Amber, for example, is like, we're really going to lean into the area of allowing people to lock up Bitcoin, you know, in multi-sig kind of similar to what Unchained is doing, but just on the retail level. So Unchained is taking care of the larger end of town. We want to do it in an app that takes care of the smaller end of town. And, you know, we're going to sort of blend like a, a card, you know, we're going to do some buy now, pay later stuff, but all of this, you know, mechanisms in order for you to spend fiat and save bitcoin and do it in a way that incentivizes you obviously to hold and never spend your bitcoin um, and that's sort of how we how we um beat the shit out of the state so i'm trying to figure out why i tied this to what you originally mentioned my brain's a little fried from we were just talking about uh, moving away from fiat basically uh, and that's what you yeah yeah Correct. So this is how we get there is that we, we really teach people to save in Bitcoin, spend your fiat. So, so you're getting rid of one and we increase in the velocity of one. We are, we are basically the, the retail level speculative attack on fiat is what Amber and I think a bunch of other products that are going to emerge over the coming years are going to do whilst, um, you know, say the sailor types are doing on an institutional level. And we, we, we slowly rug pull these fuckers or we, we gradually then suddenly rug pull. Kind of uh, yeah, I love it. And I wanted to, uh, it's it's nice that you brought up Amber because I wanted to talk to you about that because uh, at some stage, if we go back to you, you know, your, your young 20s, whenever it was, you decided entrepreneurship is for me. Did you ever have a nine to five fiat job or was it like straight to building companies? Yeah, straight, straight to like stressing myself out um, and losing all my hair. Um, and I, I, I never had a job, man. Like the closest I got to a job was to two times once was um driving pizza delivery cars for domino's pizza and i crashed the car twice and got fired um and <laughs> that only lasted two weeks um and i crashed the car because i was trying to be cool right yeah. <laughs> just trying to like do burnouts and stuff like that in the car anyway the um and then the second thing that was close to a job, but I, I don't really call it a job because it was commission-only sales, but I, I worked at a sales company. I was a subcontractor. It was my own thing. And you only got paid for what you sold. Um, and that was kind of like, I mean, I did come to an office. I trained other salespeople. Like it was, it had a process and a place, but it wasn't a job. There was no security there. So I was always, I had to make something from nothing from the beginning through to now. I've never had... I never knew what a paycheck felt like actually until Amber, you know, more in the last year or two stabilized a little bit and we had enough sort of investment money and enough cash flow to actually pay salaries. Um, so I f finally learned what it meant to earn a salary for the last 10 years of my life. I never had a fucking paycheck. I didn't know what that felt like. Man, that's wild. That is wild. So what what were the early days of Amber? What what made you decide, right, you know, th th this is where we need to go. This is the product we need to build. And this is the direction I want to go in. 
It was just, I think the biggest inspiration for me was like the, the mistakes I personally made over the last 10 years is like, I tried to outsmart the market for 10 years. Like I traded options, warrants, CFDs, derivatives, futures, fucking you name it, everything. All self-taught? All self-taught, you know, like, I mean, I mean, I, I also went to like, you know, courses like on option options and courses and all this sort of stuff, but I, you know, had big, a few big wins and then death by a thousand cuts between all the wins, right? So like I had a you know big win in 2007 and then late 2007, early 2008, lost everything, you know? And, and, and actually I had a few, not only death by a thousand cuts, but death by like a fucking sledgehammer as well. Mm-hmm. So like had a couple of those, then, you know, gold, silver was a big win and then slowly burnt, lost everything again. And then like, and I kept feeding basically what I now would call honestly a fucking gambling uh, addiction at the time. Like I was always trying to outsmart the market. And if I think back about like, all I should have done, let's even take Bitcoin out of the equation. I just should have put 10 bucks a week aside in Amazon and just shut the fuck up. If I did that, dude, I would have been a millionaire by now without having to do anything. I'd, all I had to do was just go and fucking work in McDonald's and buy $10 a week of Amazon. And I would be much more wealthy uh, than I am now. But I was a dickhead. Uh, I was caught by the fiat bug. And I thought I could outsmart the system, outsmart the market, outsmart all this sort of stuff. And I wasted precious, precious, precious time and energy on this chase to make a quick buck on the markets, which I think is the greatest fraud perpetuated, or not the greatest, but one of the one of the symptoms of the greatest fraud perpetuated on humanity. And yeah, I just wanted to create a product that threw all of that out the window, treat Bitcoin as savings, accumulate. You know, like what started off as a dollar cost averaging app, I now call it an accumulation product. And tomorrow we're going to, you know, transform and solve the, the spend problem by giving you access to your purchasing power, uh, but in the form of fiat so you don't spend your Bitcoin. So it's kind of stuff we're going to work on. It's, I, I remember, I think it was today I put a tweet out. It's like, explain to me why you would try to outsmart a 200% annualized gain. Uh, what? What are you trying to do? So dumb. So dumb. So that's a big message for anybody that's listening to this, that is trading, trying to trade and trying to improve their stack. It's like, there is no need, like just keep doing it like 10 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever you can afford per week uh, or whatever frequency you can manage, just commit to that frequency and that amount uh, and up it when you can. Yeah, yeah, go and like I always laugh. My my brother's like a like a Talib fan and a and a like a total fucking Talib cuck. And you know he's all in the quad fours and all that sort of stuff. And like you know he pays his ten thousand dollars a month for all of his in depth data so that he can you know trade all of his securities and you know options and derivatives and all this sort of stuff. And dude, he fucking spends a hundred hours a week staring at a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And you know at the end of the year he comes away with like his twenty percent. And it's the most funny thing in the world. My sister. You know, and mind you, my brother has always hated Bitcoin and now he just like looks at Bitcoin as just another asset class, you know, that I trade, bro. Um, <laughs> my sister, you know, she listened to me. And for the last uh, three years, she's been stacking on Amber. Not, not a big amount, just 30 bucks a week or a fortnight, whatever it is, you know. And dude, she's returned like, you know, three, you know 250% in the last couple of years. Whereas this dickhead has like, you know, barely like, got half his hair left and stressed out and hates the fucking world and hates Bitcoin, hates, you know, all of us. And like, she outperformed him and she didn't even know. She actually mm-hmm. forgot that she was fucking having a direct debit coming out of her account. And she's like, Oh, 
I've got some savings, you know. <laughs> it's like eat shit to my brother. Like honestly, that's, <laughs> that's what people like that deserve. Uh, yeah, and I come from that world, so I've I've been ringside, and I made all the same mistakes that you made back in the day, um, trying to trade. And um, that's the thing, though, and, and I know this is widely spoken about, but you're forced to do it because there's no yeah. fucking savings mechanism for you. So, like, you you you're you're either forced to spend on something that you think is a good investment and might go up in value, and whether that's like a flash car or a uh, property is obviously the number one people get tricked into buying property because they think it's going to perpetually go up even though it's the same bricks and mortar that have been there for like 50 60 150 years whatever same pipes same street zero extra infrastructure around you but now all of a sudden it's like uh, half a million dollars like doesn't mm. make any sense they can't uh, connect that to the um, inflationary nature of our monetary policies uh, it's it's so hard to, to try and tell people like this is a savings mechanism and it comes back again to, to this savings thing uh, and this is what's going to elevate our society and, and bring everybody back onto a same page uh, it's so damn important but um mate I, I i think we're probably close to wrapping up we've been going uh, there's been an, a, an immense rip but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. before you go uh, i've got to ask you if you had one orange pill left to to give to somebody who would you give it to and why uh as in like an individual you mean or something to say here uh, to an individual to if you had one orange pill to give to somebody physically that that magic little pill you've got to who's it gonna be oh who yeah I, I i mean i think it's um i think the person i said at the beginning robbins i think he's got a he's got a you know got got some value to add but because i already said him so if it's one other I mean, I think the boys did a good job with Peterson. I think um, I'll, I'll, when I finally get some time to finish the, because I'm doing 12 rules for Bitcoin. So it's mm -hmm. like a whole philosophical treatise and using basically his 12 rules. I take that, I pull the essence out of each of the rules and I turn it into why Bitcoin makes this rule possible. Um, so I want to finish writing those and then get him to do the forward for it. And if he does the forward for it and he's still not orange built there's no hope for him like that's sort of so sort of sort of those two would be the the two for me what about a rage pill i've never asked that question before who would you like to rage pill oh who would i like to what do you, what do you mean like rage against like, the machine or no like uh that person that you you just can't stand uh but you, you just you know if you put the pill in their in their mouth then oh. that, that they'll attract their huge a huge following i traditionally would have said that was chamath right right no 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 not chamath fuck 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 sorry why did i say his name uh talib talib right um, yeah yeah but like i mean now i'm just like i fucking really don't like that guy so i, I don't know um pro probably yeah probably him because he was sort of one of my biggest disappointments him or, or the other big disappointment for me has been Arnold Schwarzenegger, actually. You know, yeah. I really admired him when I was younger. And I'm like, what the fuck have you become, you cuck? Like, you know, you're a loser now just because you stopped fucking eating meat and started eating salad. Like, you've lost your balls and you're old and you're pathetic. And like, when you were in your prime, when you were young, you were a fucking machine. Mm -hmm. So so I'd, I'd like to kind of orange peel him. But yeah, he, like, again, T Talib and Arnold, I have a, you know, a strange relationship now because i'm just so disappointed by the losers but yeah that it would be one of those two i think 
Yeah. Curious. What What are your answers to those two? Actually, I'm curious. Um. I the, the the rage one for me uh, is still Greta. Oh wow. Uh, okay. I think because I would just love to see her turn around and and get all of her um, teenage fanboys and fangirls orange pilled and like you know just heard come out and say guys holy shit bitcoin fixes this like you know the the, the whole the whole wsj kind of uh sjw excuse me yeah. wall street journal wall street journal <laughs> <laughs> same same and the wall street journal there you go yeah <laughs> it is the same man freudian slip um and then the, the then like in a more personal note um uh my, my my dad uh, i would just love mm-hmm. to be able okay. to like um because uh, you know i it would you've suffered this i'm sure people that are close to you and, and family that uh, you you just want to be on the same page and you want them to see what you see and you want them to save their time and their you know energy uh people are being robbed blind and uh you know you, you want to protect your nearest and dearest uh so yeah that that would be it makes sense makes sense yeah man well i uh i'm sure i'm sure we'll get them along the way my 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 only concern with someone like greta is even if we somehow orange pilled her i feel like uh all of her followers would turn into ethereum people because they're such betas but who knows maybe she'll awaken some lions maybe that that's that exact that that is shitcoinism another reason yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) touche touche just as bad as just as bad as the other fucking shit ones we're dealing with yes exactly all right mate well it's been a great rip thank you for doing this uh, and on behalf of the 21 ism guys uh you know a big big shout out for all of your work all of your writing i really look forward to this 12 lessons one that you're going to drop and uh all the best with with what you're doing over at amber as well man really appreciate it my friend if you if you you know for those who want to start kicking off the 12 lessons like they're, they're actually published on my bitcoin magazine blog page so that's got like a series of articles now so um so yeah and and, and definitely check out the the recent one that i did the um bitcoiners are the remnant like this one is like really rubbing the right people the right way and also rubbing the wrong people the wrong way it's fucking fantastic so um so yeah it's, it's been one of my favorite write-ups i'm doing a new one called uh the remnant the parasite and the masses and kind of like differentiating between the three archetypes of people so um so anyway lot, lots more to come i'm doing all my writing on bitcoin magazine now and yeah amber's coming out landing in the u.s next uh we just raised around um depending on this when this goes out um we're doing something on bank to the future so there might be some room for some people to participate if they want to um uh the i'm doing a new edition of the bitcoin times so number four um mm-hmm. that's going to have brandon quidham alan farrington myself um thomas strolite craig warmke peter sanongi and uh is there one more uh mark moss so so that's going to be a really fucking sick edition man it's called you know the the, the theme is bitcoin and you hope so that's where i'm going to put my Bit, uh, fire bitcoin teleportation article in and just like really big picture the fucking thing and you know hopefully people walk away and be like holy shit this isn't just good savings technology this is like what the fuck kind of thing you're a machine man you're an absolute machine love it and of course the wake up podcast too like uh, oh yeah that thing too yeah (laughs) jesus christ Yeah, well, if if I if I end up dying young, at least you know I've got all my output out. <laughs> so you you certainly have. Race. You certainly have. Well, appreciate it. 
take care man and uh, look forward Thank to the next bro. time absolutely love you see you love you too alex thank you brother so much for coming on and spending the time and doing this for the 21ism project alex was featured as the featured writer for this month's block the month of october go and check out 21ism.com to see who else was featuring alongside him for this block and as i said at the beginning there's a uh, short article about alex and it showcases this article that we have been discussing about the isms but more importantly getting to the like pulling on the threads of alex's brain is just amazing it 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 astounds me where he's thinking about this especially the evolution piece and now this whole idea that you know not all your models are broken but all your cycles are broken and that's very very true the more i more i think about that and listen to him kind of flesh this one out so it's it's just great to be along for the ride and and get a peek inside of of his mind anyway guys another public service uh, pleb service announcement for you about the Bitcoin conference 2022 in Miami, 6th and the 9th of April. There are some experiences planned, one of which is pitch day. If you are working on a project, you can get in front of people and pitch your idea. Last year, they had 140 applicants, which they had to sift through. Don't think that's going to be less this year. If you're building something, get in front of the right people. Hit the team up and hit the link in the show notes. And if you are looking to buy some tickets, get 10% off using the code BITTEN at checkout, all in caps. Please check out the other show sponsors, but please make sure you're taking control of your keys. This is the most important message I have for you today. Get a hardware wallet. Use the BitBox02 Bitcoin only hardware wallet from shiftcrypto.ch. Use forward slash BITTEN or use BITTEN at checkout for 5% discount. And keep stacking. Stack with swanbitcoin.com. Stack with relay.ch. And stack with coincorner.com. Use Bitten at all of these services. See you on the next show, guys. Thanks for listening.